I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. maybe a fourth. They're coming out of his beat six and seven. Top the moment has been an eighth. Oh, wow. No, no, no. Eight games of footy to look forward to this weekend and Supercoach 365 podcast back to talk all of that and to wrap up some of the team previews as well. Ryan Selvage, Tommy Hudson with you. Tommy, how are you? Yeah, good, mate. Getting pretty eager, to be honest, seeing all these team lists for the games this week. We just had the All-Stars last week and, you know, it seems like the Supercoach chatter is really going up, so I'm getting really excited. Yep, um, going up here especially, we're going to kick into overdrive tonight and then obviously after the weekend's play as well but let's talk a bit of news before we do dive into the trials and uh, I guess big news this morning for Newcastle fans that Kalen Ponga has suggested that he's going to stick around next year we said uh, last week that this was going to be a, a big story to play out this year but um, you know good place to start for Newcastle before the a ball's kicked that uh, their number one man looks like he's staying put yeah it looks that way although I wouldn't my life on it really i just think the way he kind of said it was a little bit a little bit here and there the way he kind of committed his future to newcastle but look hopefully for the night's sake he does stay i, I almost think for his personal sake he should maybe leave to see if he can find his best footy elsewhere because i just don't think mm. the night's team is that strong this year but we'll get into the night's uh, later in the podcast yep one of the four teams we'll chat today obviously the knights the broncos the eels the sharks and uh yeah, you mentioned that quote there. He was asked, uh, does his future lay in Newcastle? And he said, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty certain I will be, yeah. Like, again, <laughs> I said good news for Knights fans, but you dive a little bit deeper. or you don't, I mean, you don't even really have to dive deep. You just look at that on the surface and he's their captain. So maybe he just has to say that because if he is considering other options, it's not a great look for, again, we say before even round one. Uh, there was only really one right answer to that question, and I don't think he answered it that convincingly. But I don't know. We've seen him say some interesting things in the past. Uh, I remember that strawberry milkshake quote he had a few years ago. So mm. don't really know what's going to go on there, but uh, hopefully it can be sorted sooner rather than later for everyone. Also, uh, in Clubland, the Dragons have extended um, the coach, Coach Griffin, of course. Uh, I know you've had some thoughts on this already, but 
interesting to do it before the season, given the the, the pressure we've seen on coaches, uh, particularly Mary McGregor in the past at the Dragons, to do it before we've seen anything from the Dragons this year. Maybe a little bit strange. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense to me because I doubt that Anthony Griffin would have been a man in demand by other clubs. So I don't really see the rush to do it unless he's kind of demanded it. I, I don't know. I don't really see a rush. Do you? Do you? No. I mean, we've seen this in the past. and I, I mean, what, is, what do they get out of extending the coach? Because if they are to come out and... and and you know, lose a couple on the trot, and they say they're you know four and eight at Origin time. I think it just sets them up to to look a little bit silly, to be honest. Because then again, they're probably twelve months behind. I think he's extended for at least another two years. Could be wrong, but uh, anyway, good good show of faith in the coach. Anyway, nothing else for the Dragons. But um, yeah, interesting, interesting times indeed. Speaking of interesting times, how about this? The NRL today has made history. It's partnered with Swift FX. The first crypto partnership for the NRL. I'm just throwing this in there, Tommy, because I know you're a crypto man at heart. And Interesting. <laughs> a sign of the times of where the game is headed, where the world's headed with this. And obviously, we've seen Brandon Smith and link up with YKTR. He's getting paid in Ethereum. And what do you make of it all? It's it's certainly interesting and in, in how, how this will play out and you know, deals beyond this year as well. It's really hard to know, but I think it's exciting that the NRL has... I guess taking this step to kind of put their foot into the the crypto world and align themselves with a company. I don't know much about SwiftX at all. Uh, I own a little bit of crypto, but I really couldn't say I'm a, an expert or anything. So I have no idea where this is going to go. But you know, it's exciting times for the NRL, and who knows? Next logical question then is if there is an NFT set and you can own one moment from the history of the NRL, 110 plus years, what moment do you want to own as a Raiders fan? Or does that sway your thoughts? Oh, before you said Raiders fan, I was going to say the um, the Darren Albert try when the Knights won the grand final. I, I always think of that one of the best NRL moments. But, God, there hasn't been many good Raiders moments for me uh, since I've been alive. That Papali try against the Rabbitohs in the yeah. 2019 prelim was good, but uh, few and far between. I think for mine, it'd be Greg Inglis's try in uh, 2014, the Goanna. Uh, when they sealed the premiership. Uh, just, yeah, iconic moment. Anyway, we digress. We're here to talk Supercoach, and let's get into that. Actually, before we do, throw up this, our, our group code, Supercoach365 overall group code, there on your screens, 576855. We've already got uh, upwards of 650 people in there. Absolutely free to play, win $100. Uh, all you have to do is follow us on uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter to be eligible to take home the prize at the year's end. But... Uh, very easy to get involved, and uh, we encourage you to do so. Still a couple of weeks, of course, uh, until the season kicks off. I think it's three weeks today, Tommy, so uh, we don't have to wait too much longer to to start talking uh, week-to-week Supercoach, which should be good fun. No, exactly right. Free to play, as you say, and a little bit of incentive there to join the group. And yeah, three weeks away, and this week, tomorrow, in fact, we've got trial match action starting. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for those watching us or listening to us, you can watch us on YouTube. Uh, search Supercoach365, I uh, mentioned there the graphics on your screen. And if you are watching us, I'm looking a bit red tonight. I've been sunburnt, hit by the Sydney sun. So uh, bear with me, uh, Tomato and Tommy here, to get you through these four teams. Uh, Tommy, actually, before we, before we jump ahead to that, let's talk some trial footy. We've already uh, sort of glossed over the fact that there's eight games this weekend. Uh, every team in action from Friday through to Monday. So we get Monday night footy. And uh, your team, we've already mentioned there, the Raiders... They'll take on the Roosters and kick us off on Friday night. 
Yeah, looking forward to this. Uh, it's almost like a full round. You got a Friday 6 p.m. game and everything, and I'm pretty sure it's all on Fox Sports, so yeah. should be good watching. Um, no Jamal Fogarty tomorrow night, so possibly they're taking this game not too seriously. Xavier Savage gets a start in the fullback role. Rooster's looking pretty light on for our first-grade talent, but we do see Kevin Nagama make a return. Yeah, uh, that was one then that stood out for mine as well and getting that wing spot. So it suggests if... Uh, obviously, Momorowski and Suwali aren't there. Um, to me, suggests that they're going to play Nagama on the wings, as we sort of thought this whole time. Uh, anyway, Lockie Lamb at fullback, interesting, um, of all places to pop up. And I guess Drew Hutchinson's there in the sixth, a role we saw him play much of in 2021. Don't know how he'll go come round one. Obviously, Kiri and Walker will probably be the preferred halves. But anyway... Uh, a chance to stake his case in this one. You mentioned there Savage at fullback, nickel clocks that jersey 14. That's probably the biggest talking point out of this because we thought that Savage, if he was going to come into grade, would come in on the wing or a utility role off the bench, but it's the other way, the more experienced C&K off the bench. Yeah, I don't know how much we read into it being a trial match and whatnot. I reckon we'll probably see a little bit of both during the game. Um, I do think, though, what is interesting is that Rapana is out for the first two games. So I think we'll, there's a good chance we'll see both named in the first grade team come round one. Yep, some other youngsters there as well. Albert Hopawate uh, in on the wing as well. So a couple of cheapies there for the Raiders. We're not going to talk results too much today because it's more about who's playing uh, than the actual results. But uh, yeah, you look at the next game on uh, Friday night, still at Leichhardt, West Tigers versus Seagulls. Jersey number one, Tommy Travojevic. Maybe interesting to roll out the Ferrari in this one, but uh, they're not holding back the Seagulls. It's a pretty strong lineup. Yeah, very strong team. Garrick, uh, Cherry Evans, and Foran in a pretty good four pack as well. Uh, the Tigers, we don't get to see Brooks and Hastings combined, but uh, Brooks is there, still waiting on Hastings. Yeah, Madden will run out in the six for the Tigers. Uh, new signing, Oliver Gildart, partners James Roberts in the centres. I think they only upgraded Roberts to a top 30 deal as recent as last week or week before. So shows you that a uh, very quick fall from grace for Jimmy the Jet playing Origin in 2018. Uh, four years later, nearly out of the NRL. Uh, Alex Twall in 14 and Tyron Peachy in 13. I like this by the Tigers. I think Twall will come on as more of that traditional prop role and Peachy a ball player through the middle. So again, that sort of answers that question as to how they're going to use those two this year. Yeah, I think uh, we spoke the other day about the evolving nature of the lock position. I think Tyron Peach is a good, a good lock to go forward with. He's a good ball player, can take some hard runs as he has if he has to. So I think that's a good decision by Madge. Yep. Otherwise, uh, you can see all these teams NRL.com, of course, uh, ahead of the weekend. But yeah, both games on Friday night covered by Fox League. The next one here, Saturday afternoon, the Storm and the Warriors. This one, at Casey Fields. I think this is at. Uh... Uh, where is it, Tommy? Casey Fields. It's in Melbourne. Geelong somewhere? I don't know. Anyway. Nick somewhere Meany, in Melbourne. Jersey number one. No Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, and some other young names there as well. Jack Howarth in the centres. Now, he's a second-row forward on Supercoach, but gets his run in the centres for the Storm this weekend. Yeah, no Ryan Pappenhausen, which I'm sure you're disappointed about. How about his hair? The other Love day, it. I saw a promotional shoot with him. Jesus, it's a new level. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm jealous. I'm, I'm jealous about a lot of things with Ryan Pappenhausen, but um, speed is one thing. Hair is another. Uh, William Warbrick, the former, I think he was a sevens player for New Zealand, uh, may have played at the Olympics, don't quote me. Jaden Nikarima in the sevens. Cooper Johns, again, yeah, all this team probably don't read into it too much, but Brandon Smith 
Jersey 13, Harry Grant, Jersey 14 may be interesting that he's not in the nine. Yeah, perhaps. I uh, don't know much about Tyron Wishart starting hooker. Uh, for the Warriors, I think it is a pretty important trial for both Cody Nicarima and Ash Taylor. They're the halves for them on uh, on Saturday. I think both will see it as a real audition to kind of partner uh, SJ in the halves. Yeah, Reese Walsh there for Jersey or in Jersey number one, but we know he won't be there for round one. Uh, Jesse Arthur's on the wing. I think that's surprising that he beats out or Dallin to a wing spot. Dallin's in the centres, so uh, I've, I've seen a couple of people tipping up Dallin to play on the right wing. That may not be the case. Uh, our boy Rocco Berry, he's there as well. Yeah, important uh, trial for the halves, as you say, Tommy. I think one of these, well, plus Chanel Harris-Tavita, uh, not in this team, or rather he's in, he's in the reserves, uh, Jersey 17, but it's going to be a situation of three into one almost, to see who's going to be there with SJ. I think SJ is there for certain. Yeah, there's been lots of chat about this, and we we discussed it after the All-Stars with uh, both Cody and Chanel playing pretty well the other night. So, yeah, I've no idea what's going to happen there. Uh, moving on to the Rabbitohs and the Cowboys from Barlow Park in Cairns. Get to see Blake Taff and Lachlan Ilias uh, start together. Yeah, looking forward to this one. Another one of the young guns, uh, Davey Mowali in uh, Jersey 10. Supercoach Cheapy is about 200 thousand dollars playing at front row four that'll be a popular pick for mine jed cartwright jersey 12 now i don't know about you tommy but in every team i've sort of put together i've i've come back to jed cartwright so many times not because i think he's a superstar but he's two rf center wing eligibility and i think you know south's forward stocks this year maybe not as impressive as they have been in other years so i think there's a there's a bench role for jed cartwright waiting to happen maybe even as soon as round one yeah, I think from memory, I might have him in my side also. He probably, the name, I guess, uh, tips you off and you, you just think I'll put him in as a cheapie. But I guess we'll get a good look at him on Saturday as well uh, for the Cowboys. Griffin Neem, Ben Condon, a few of these young forwards we get to see again. Dejan Arce has shown promise in the past. and He'll be uh, starting halfback. Yeah. Uh, Connolly Lamelu, interestingly, in the back row. And he also says that that's where his future is. So... I think he has been playing through the centres uh, in his time in first grade so far, but uh, otherwise, no Chad Townsend for the Cowboys, no Valentine Holmes, no Jason Tamalolo. So putting the big guns on ice uh, for this first trial. All eyes, obviously, on South's young spine members, uh, as they will be up at uh, Super Stadium on Saturday night when the Titans and the Broncos go head-to-head. Jaden Campbell's there, Toby Sexton for the Titans as well. So this young combination gets a chance to link up early. Yeah, some young names there. Jaden Campbell, I think we said he only played six games last year, but I feel like he played so many more. So I'm keen to see him go around again. Uh, for the Broncos, Selwyn Cobbo on the wing. But we heard today that Tessie New will be out probably for the first couple of weeks. So who will get that fullback jersey in the place of Tessie New come round one? Yeah, is it Cobbo? Is it Osaka? I think Osaka was on the outer. And I think we saw this a couple of years ago. Remember Jack Bird went down on the eve of the season when he was going to play fullback. Mm. And suddenly, Asako was the un- unwanted man after a good 2019 season. 2018 is probably even better. But Asako, I don't know. He just has this thing about him. He's gonna. Fo- I think he's going to force his way into this team. He won't kick goals, though. So if you're looking at Asako, I think he made a stack of cash last year. Uh, so did uh, Tessie New. But I think where Asako is worse off this year than he was last year, don't fall into the trap because all of those goals will be going to Adam Reynolds. Uh, Reynolds not there this week, so... Uh, we may touch on the makeup of the Broncos side uh, as we get into our Broncos preview very, very soon. Otherwise, the Sharks and the Panthers on Sunday afternoon 
pretty young side here for the Sharks. Not many names jumping off the page. Uh, again, it's probably a case of the cheapies more so than anything. But uh, anything here in this one to look out for? I guess just Braden Trindle playing alongside a lot of these sort of no-name players. Whether we read anything into that or not, I don't know. We'll chat to the Sharks in a sec. Uh, for the Panthers, Charlie Staines gets another run at fullback, and he's been good there at times, but uh, obviously he was missing out on first-grade spots last year, so interesting to follow him this year. Yep, Targo in the centres. This will be a big watch. What side of the field is he on, left or right? We're probably thinking left with Steph Crichton to uh, stay down that right side, although you never know. If, if Tago's on the right side, suddenly I'm worried about Brian Do'o because Steph Crichton doesn't pass the ball. Uh, <laughs> otherwise... Yeah, probably not too much to speak of. It does look at a weekend where we'll see a lot of these young guys get a run. Next week, probably the real hit out for a lot of these teams, uh, throwing in those bigger names to, to see on, and work on those combinations. Yeah, exactly right. I think though most NRL teams will take uh, week two more seriously, but still, you know, especially for super coach purposes, this is a really important week to watch for those pods and those real cheapies. Yeah, uh, Sunday night, 6 p.m., uh, we're looking here, the Dragons in the Eels, uh, this one at Combank Stadium, Parramatta. Uh, the Dragons, they have Tyrrell Sloan on the wing. This is interesting. Cody mm. Ramsey gets first go at fullback. That's probably something to look at there. And uh, young junior Amon in the 5'8 jersey, not playing through the centres. So a couple of uh, big takeaways there for the Dragons. Yeah, really surprised we don't see Sloan at fullback, whether or not this is what they do round one. Who knows? But yeah, surprised to see Cody Ramsey there because I thought he was a little bit small for the position last year, but we shall see. Uh, otherwise, again, plenty of young names here. Jake Arthur and Jordan Rankin in the half. So that's a Wentworthfield Magpies combination. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. Parramatta Eels, New South Wales Cup uh, combination there in the halves waiting to happen, I think. No Moses, no Brown. And then Monday night footy. This one here, the Knights and the Bulldogs. Uh, still awaiting some team lists, uh, but we will see Matt Dufty in action. So to Paul Vaughan, TPJ. So plenty of new look faces on offer for the Dogs. Yeah, we said the other day how new the Dogs team is. And yeah, it'll be interesting Monday night to watch them all go around for the first time. The Knights, probably know what we, we know what we're going to expect from them, but they'll be looking to uh, get some confidence pre-season. Probably a good place to start there. Let's uh, segue into the Newcastle Knights because they can be, start to build some confidence and I think they're going to have to in these trials. Uh, plenty of new combinations there in the halves and obviously Randall, we're expecting him to play a lot of minutes at nine with Braley now injured. So the Knights, it's an interesting prospect. We led with the news of Caelan Ponga sticking around, but I think, and I, I still feel, I said this a couple of weeks ago, if they start so slow and they're, they're you know, four and eight or three and ten, whatever it is, after 13 weeks and we're at Origin 1... I don't see how they keep Kalen Ponga. Yeah, it's going to be the story of the season because, as you said there, we're kind of expecting them to be or have a negative record at least going into the middle of the season. I just think they will with the the lack of quality in their spine other than Ponga. He might be hard to keep. Like you say, he might get itchy feet and want to move. Um, I honestly think with the Knights, just looking at their team, with no real stars in the 6, 7 and 9, I almost feel like Kalen Ponga is going to have to be top three in the Dahlia medal count for the Knights to do anything this year. Yep, best 17 on your screens now via NRL.com, of course. Caelan Ponga, number one. Uh, we see there that new halves pairing in, uh, let's just wind that back a little bit, uh, in Clifford and Clune. Going to be plenty of pressure on these two, I think, because 
even coming through the New South Wales Cup, Adam Clune was always more of a 5'8 than he was uh, in a, an out-and-out halfback, uh, I feel anyway. And then whenever he's played for the Dragons, he's always been that number six sort of role with either a, you know a Ben Hunt there beside him uh, to sort of help him out in that in that playmaking sense. Chris Randall there, as we say, very popular super coach pick, owned by 46% in the absence of Jaden Braley. And he's just almost a must-have given what we think his role will be and, uh, you know, obviously his price. He's got money to make there. He does, and I think as soon as Braley went down, he became almost a must-have, and he's not a spectacular player, but I think he showed in late-game performances last year, it may have just been one performance, he, he scored really well. He had a lot of tackles and a lot of base stats. So if you can do that week in, week out, he'll be a great cheapie in super coaches. The thunder rumbles behind me very loud. Um, but, yeah, yeah, yes. Big storms out here in the city's west. Uh, but yes, Adam Clune, not sold on him completely. Um, I think he showed enough at the Dragons last year to s- just say that he's kind of a fringe first grader. But uh, he's, got, he's got the task of, I guess, steering the team around this year. And it's a big one. I don't want to talk too much about Chris Randall, but 46% owned. How that's not upwards of 60, I don't know. Uh, we've already spoken about him a couple of times, but Kalen Pong at 8% owned. That surprises me a little bit as well. Uh, excuse me. Because he's not going to be kicking goals, maybe it's a case of that 8% thinks he is going to play more like a 5-8 a there. And yeah, I don't know. I don't see how he gets in anyone's team ahead of a Teddy or a Pap or even... I'd rather go with Luttrell despite that suspension. Yeah, Pong is really a wait and see. Um, it could go one of two ways. You know, he could really love just being the focal point of that team and being involved in all their tries but then again how many tries are they going to score they really look like they lack a lot of creativity he's going to do it all have to do it all himself and he may not be able to let's be honest he's got Bradman best there which there was a big boom on him i guess and he's been okay only three percent owned maybe he's a sneaky pod yeah i think i mean everyone tipped up Bradman best didn't they back in the last year and he had that what looked a gun run home and he just didn't get involved enough, and oh, maybe that's the question that they have to ask. Not only that, is how do they get Dan Gagai involved in the play? Because uh, we did one of our posts uh, on the 2022 Recruit Series on our Instagram some time ago. Uh, I'll just bring it up because the numbers, they were they were damning reading for Gagai, and I think there's going to be some questions asked of how they include him in their back line more often than, than what they have done their previous right centres. So we think he's going to play right centre. I just go off the makeup of their team. Last year, he averaged 68 points per game, the fifth best CTW overall. But now he goes to the Knights back five, lands in the worst patch of territory, I think, in their team. Because they're always going to go left. Ponga, Clifford, they love going down the left. They love going to Bradman best. But Gagai, I think he's going to struggle in this team. The Knights, they scored just 17.9 points per game last year. That was the 15th worst. That, I mean, how do they how do they get him in the game? He's an Origin player. I just feel like he's going to be a waste at Newcastle. Yeah, it's definitely a hard um hard sell. <laughs> what you said there, if he's going from the hottest side in the comp, which was like the south left side in 2021, to potentially the Knights' right side, which gets no ball, as we say, um, he's hard to include in your team at all. And he's a he's a great player. He's a great centre. So maybe he will get more ball than we're thinking, but mm. I know what you're saying. Um, Tyson Frizzell, I have maybe as a potential pod or at least an option in draft, perhaps. He averages well every year, even when the sides he's in aren't going very well. He's always doing a decent job, and he's only 1% owned. Yeah. Um, 
He's going to be, yeah, one of those players late that goes late-ish in drafts, I'll say, you know, round 10, 11 even, and Mr. Consistent. I mean, I think he's as good as 65 points per game, maybe better uh, in his minutes. I think he's going to have to play minutes because, really, besides Ponga, who is going to be their captain, Clem has been benched, Pierce is out the door. He is their real leader there, I think, Tyson Frizzell. Yeah, he's probably, I guess, the remaining senior player. They've got, like you said, Klemmer on the bench. But, yeah, I think Frizzell, we can expect a big year from him this year. But, yeah, other than that, I don't like a lot of the Knights players. I know Mitch Barnett had a lot of super coach following last year, but I'm not really getting sucked into that personally. No, um, probably remiss of us not to mention uh, the Safidi brothers. I think Jacob's actually set for a starting role this year, so he could be another one that sort of flies under the radar in draft leagues but you know historically he's come off the bench but one of those players that may pick up minutes and if he continues that trajectory that uh, brother Daniel went on he might be in the origin team as well uh, sooner rather than later why not have two instead of one Safidi for the New South Wales Blues Tommy I think we've spoken too much about the Knights Um, for mine you look at their first three months if they win more than four games I'll honestly be so shocked they may win four but I don't have them winning five it's it's terrible no, it's a tough run, and I just think uh, Clifford, Clune, and Randall as a six, seven, nine. There's just no attack there. Pong is going to have to do it all himself, and like I said before, if they're to do anything this year, he's going to have to be unbelievable. I've got them coming thirteenth. What about you? Yeah, I've got them with the spoon, and I think I've made no secrets of that already this year. It's just, I just like the seventeen point nine points per game. So less than three tries a game. You take out your seven and your nine. Like, no Pierce, no Braley. Like, for mine, and not only we mentioned them, but Frizzell a leader, Braley was their captain. Now he's gone. So, I don't see how this team improves. I think Pierce still, I know he copped a lot of flack. I still think he's, he was a top six halfback in the NRL. I don't think they're better for not having Pierce and Braley. And for mine, if, they don't, if they're not scoring 18 points a game, they're not winning many games because the teams below them even, the Bulldogs, the Broncos, who we'll get to in just a moment, even the Tigers, I think the Tigers can score more than three tries a game. And Newcastle, I think they might even score less than that. So for mine, I've got them getting the spoon. Yeah, the only thing that stops me from tipping them that low, I guess, is the Ponga factor. I still think he's a quality player, but he's really going to have to show it this year. And their four-pack is still good. Uh, the two Safedi brothers, I like them. I like Frizzell. I like Clemmer off the bench. And Mitch mm. Barnett's all right. So they have a little bit of quality in the forwards, but I agree it's going to be a pretty long season for them. Yeah. Okay, let's move on from the Knights because we've spoken enough about a team that's probably going to run bottom four. Let's get on to the Broncos because they have been running bottom four in recent years, but I think there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. Adam Reynolds, obviously the big signing. Kurt Capel joins the club as well. Where to for the Broncos this year? I mean, they've, they've splashed the cash. They've got to go on and return to somewhat of what we've seen in the mid-2000s and, and challenge for a top eight eventually. Does it start this year, do you reckon? Yeah, I think we'll definitely see an upturn in fortune from them. I don't know if they'll make the eight or not, but I really think they'll be, be an improved side. They have such a good young nucleus of players, you know, in Haas and Stags and Selwyn Cobbo, Tessie New. They're all solid players. They probably just needed some experience and some leadership, and they get that in the form of Adam Reynolds. Yep, and obviously one of the young leaders, Payne Haas, a very popular super coach pick, 52% owned. Yeah, that's probably about where you expect to see him. If you're not picking him, you're obviously going around the front rowers and spending your cash elsewhere. But for mine, Payne Haas, I think he's less than $600,000. I can see him even growing that. Katoni Staggs, Tommy, I know you like Katoni Staggs, 41% owned. He gets in at a discounted price. He came back from injury last year, performed really well. 
let's just hope he can stay fit because if he does, I think we all know that his ceiling is pretty high. Yeah, I, he just seemed like a must-have to me at the at the price. He was in the 400 somewhere there, 41%. That doesn't surprise me at all, really. Um, when he is on the field, which has not been off in the last few years due to injury and uh, suspension off the field and whatnot, he's such a gun on the field. So hopefully he can stay on. And with Reynolds there now, a bit more direction in their attack, he gets some real ball this year. Yep, another one that we're expecting to get plenty of ball and now even more ball if he's going to move to the back is Selwyn Cobbo, 22%. I think we saw glimpses last year of what this kid can do. It's hard not to compare him to Latrell because, I mean, the way they play is so similar, it's probably unfair on Cobbo. But if he used to go to the fullback role, when we can see him chiming in both sides, I mean, we saw at the back end of last year what he did with Wynnum in the uh, Q Cup there to finish the year last year. He is just such a handful and the Broncos are going to be the beneficiaries of that this year. Yeah, I don't have him in my side at the moment, but I do see the appeal, especially if he ended up getting the fullback slot with Tessie out. So that's a definitely a must-watch there. I mean, who do we we think? Cobbo, David Mead's been named this week. We've got a Sarko also. So it's going to be pretty hot uh, watching that first Tuesday to see who gets the Broncos number one. Yeah, it's funny though as well because Cobbo, Tessie... And uh, Asako, those three particularly, you know, I mean, throw in David Mead if you want, but those three young sort of, they could play anywhere, really, one to five, all three of mm. them. So there's there's options there for the Broncos. Where they land, I think Supercoach uh, is going to re- uh, re- respond and react to that anyway, and either I think you'll see one of those ownerships go up. We're probably hoping it's Cobo, to be honest, because I think there's more upside there with Cobo than maybe what we've seen with Asako already. We've mentioned Adam Reynolds. Let's bring up this best 17 here while we talk about all that. And uh, here it is now. Tessie knew at the back um, they're expecting, but obviously he's injured. So that goes to say that that's going to be a definite change there. Corey Oates on the wing. I don't know if we see that. I think he's tipped to sign with Penrith sooner rather than later, actually. They do have a good centre pairing, don't they? Staggs and Farmworth. Farmworth, very underrated. And then the halves, they're tipping Albert Kelly to get the jump on some of those other names. Uh, Ezra Mam, uh, who else they got? Gamble as well there that could push for a start in the six. Uh, otherwise, the forward pack, though, very, very good and obviously led by Haas. But there's some names there on this list, Tommy, as you said, uh, that, that it's quality there. So I think it's a matter of time for the Broncos when they return to winning ways. Yeah, there's lots of quality young players there. And like I said, I think the signings of both Capewell and Reynolds are really smart in the fact that they're experienced and leader-type players. What do we make of Adam Reynolds this year? He's only owned by 8%. He's not a traditional high scorer in super coach do you think possibly the move to a weaker team could mean higher scores perhaps yeah i think we, we ran the numbers uh when we did our south's preview he was involved in just eight percent of all south's tries and all of that went through cody walker down the left so maybe there's some upside there i mean you think reynolds isn't a great super coach player i say go back and look at his scores from 2020 they were phenomenal so we know that he can do it um, what do we make of him at the Broncos? It's, it's obviously a lesser team than South, but he may be more hands-on. He, maybe he's not stationed on the right so much, and he can go both sides, and he is that main man where they get, everything's off him as it was off Cody back at South. I don't know. I think there's value there at 8%. He's probably going to be uh, one of those players that slides in draft leagues because there's that thinking there that he won't be kicking as many goals at the Broncos as he was at South, and obviously that propped up a lot of his scores, but... I don't know, 8%, maybe it's a little bit overs for, for Classic, given the other options, but I can I can make a case for me in a draft league, maybe. Yeah, I think all things considered, definitely. I think the fact that 
he's at a lesser team actually helps him because he'll getting a lot more ball. Like you said, they're only 8% of tries. I think you said at South last year, that's Cody Walker was so dominant. So he will definitely have more of a hand in it at Brisbane and his goal kicking is always very reliable. So that's a big one. I think the same thing on the goal kicking though, Jermaine Osako, as you said before, you think he's a no-go this year? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I don't think he kicks. So Reynolds has kicked at 85% for his 10 year career. So Sarko, maybe put him on ice for, for 12 months and depending on what happens next year when he goes to the Dolphins, if he's playing, you know, centres, wing, fullback, whatever it is, if he's kicking goals ahead of, well, they've got four players at this stage, don't they, the Dolphins? So he's probably first in line to take the tee at this stage. But for mine, no, Sarko doesn't kick. He did kick goals at last week's trial, though, against Wynnum, where they won convincingly. So something to keep an eye on. Overall, though, the Broncos, I've still got them missing the eight. I think, I think they're almost... The, um, they're hindered by the fact that they are the Broncos, the one-team town. They get so many games uh, against these bigger names for TV audiences. Their draw, regardless of how they've gone the year before, is always so tough. They play these heavyweight teams so many times, and I just don't see them competing again. Yeah, we used to say that they had an unfair advantage because they played every Friday, but I guess that on the other side of it, they're always playing blockbuster matches, which are pretty hard. So... Mm. I see what you're saying there. I've got them coming 11th. I think they'll have a good season, but I just don't know if uh, this is the year they'll make the finals. I think in the next few, we'll see them become more of a force in the competition, but maybe not in 2022. Yeah, I think they've got the... You use that word nucleus at the start there, and you think of the players they've let go as well. Walsh, Sam Walker, David Fafida. Maybe not let go, but they've certainly you know lost them off there out of the squad. So, But they, they've kept Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan for mine. Tommy Flegler, again, he's an enforcer in waiting. He gives me those Ben Hannant vibes, and we know Hannant went on to represent Queensland. So uh, I think there's brighter days for the Broncos, but maybe not in season 2022. Tommy, we're going to leave it there on those two teams. We're going to go to a quick break. On the other side of the break, we'll talk the Parramatta Reels and the Cronulla Sharks. Having a bet on the racing this week? Top this. With Top Sport's best of the best multis, top odds are guaranteed. Place a best of the best multi during Saturday Metro meetings for the top flux or dividend from the best three national totes. Plus, there's best of the best to win up to five grand too. Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Welcome back, Supercoach365 podcast, proudly brought to you again in 2022 by topsport.com.au. Mentioned the racing there, it's on every day. Tommy's glued to the phone tonight, Penrith trots are on. Um, And a big weekend of harness coming up uh, in a couple of weeks' time, right around Teamless Tuesday time, the Miracle Mile, Tommy. Talk us through that. Yeah, probably the uh, the most famous harness race, I would say that, or the Inter Dominion. But yes, the Miracle Mile at Menangle, I think it's Saturday, March the 5th, so the the last Saturday before the season starts. So there's no trials that weekend either, so no reason not to tune in to Sky Racing and uh, watch some harness racing. Or go out there. I think the Mardi Gras on that night as well, so you might be torn uh, where you'll be. Uh, (laughs) Otherwise, let's talk some footy, eh? Pam Adarils, um, one of those teams that's been <laughs> perennial uh, top eight finishers in recent years. Whether or not they can go on and push for uh, a top four or a premiership, I think this is the year. They either have to do it this year or it could be another 30, 40 years before they do it because Gutho's getting older, Mitch Moses is getting older, Reed Marnie's out the door at the end of the year. That's how I see it. How do you see it for the years? Yeah, I do see it like that, but I 
don't really see what's changed this year. The last few years, they've made the semis. They've looked good our regular season, and they've kind of hit the wall back end, and they've just kind of been thrown out the back door in the finals. Um, and really signed anyone of note this year. So why is anything going to change? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I personally, I don't think it does. We see the best 17 on your screens there with you now, Tommy. Uh, Clint Gutherson at the back, obviously... Uh, I mean, so much comes off Gutho. Dylan Brown, I think, had a quiet year last year. If he can find something and give them a bit more attack, because last year it was everything through maybe predominantly even Marnie, then Moses, and then obviously Gutho chiming in uh, out the back. Uh, Papa Lee out the door as well at the end of the year. He's off to the Tigers. Reed Marnie, we've already said he's off to the Dogs near Corey. I think he's signed with the Warriors for next year. So there will be this bit of a changing of the guard uh, next year for the Eels. So maybe it is a... I don't know. We saw it with... Um, with South last year, I know they didn't win the title, but maybe there was that sense of urgency around Bennett leaving, Reynolds leaving. Maybe the Eels were drawn that. I don't know. I think they've got a very tough draw. We'll get to that in a moment. But it could be a case for the Eels that they've they've been building to this season for the past two or three. They have, in a way, but I just I don't think I've seen enough forward momentum, really. I don't think they went forward last year compared to 2020. I, I think... Also, comparing it to South, South had a lot more strike in their back line. I look at this uh, Eels back line and, I don't know, I really don't like uh, their back, their centres and wingers, personally. Um, and Dylan Brown last year was, was awful, to be honest. I thought he was going to be one of the emerging great halves of the comp and he was just very disappointing. So, look, I wouldn't be surprised if Jacob Arthur doesn't put pressure on him because he's been playing well for more reports. Yeah, and we've seen Moses obviously play uh, six in his Tigers days, so maybe it is that mixing of roles. Wait and see. That best 17 there that was up, they had Maker Sevo in uh, Jersey 2, and obviously that's their best 17, but I think he's out injured for at least a good chunk of the the season. Did he do ACL? I think he did, so that'll open up the spot for uh, maybe even Sean Russell, a cheapy there, not named in that best 17, but we saw him come into grade last year. Simmons in there as well. Um, tell me, I might be missing someone, but... There's going to be a spot open on that on that left wing. Where does that go? I might be Sean Russell, but overall, like Russell, you got Penasini, who we'll speak about in Supercoach terms in a sec. Wonga Blake, Bailey Simonson, pretty weak, I think. Um, yeah. I don't think there's a lot of strike power there, so they're going to need to find something there. With Will Penasini, forty percent owned in Supercoach, she looks to get a good run in the team this year. Was solid last year in uh, a few appearances. Yep. Um... Simonson, what do you make of him? You know, obviously, coming from the Raiders, he had a, a goodish, oh, that's a word, goodish base. Um, but he's probably going to be that right wing, we think. And could he potentially? I mean, every team would love to have a Brian Do'o. Could he be that for the Eels? Because he is tough. I mean, coming out of his own end, he's tough. But you shake your head there. You don't think he's the man? Uh, I'd be very surprised. I haven't seen anything from him to suggest that he's a good super coach player. The only good score he had last year was when he played fullback for a game mm. for Canberra. So, although actually, sorry, I do take that back. There was a couple of good scores at the back end of the year, but that was when I think he scored three tries. So, yeah. not a lot of base to go off there. I, I just don't think he's an option. I only put that question to you because Russell is a smaller, more you know, slender build. They're losing Fergo and Sivo. So how are they getting out of their own end? Maybe that's a question that they'll have to uh, come up with. You mentioned Pina Sinni there. I think he's a star of the future, and Supercoaches think so as well. 40% owned. So I think it's a combination of his potential in the limited games we saw him last year, but also uh, that, that cheap price. 
it's just you know so many positives there with Will Penasini. Yeah, and he looks he looks like an obvious starter. I think a lot of these other cheapies were kind of umming and ahhing if they're going to get a spot, but it looks like Penasini definitely will. So I think everyone just sort of played the safe option there. Another popular player is Isaiah Papali'i, and obviously last year, well spoken about how good he was. End of the year on quite a low note with some lower scores. Do we think do we read anything into that? Well, he was playing through the middle a lot of that, wasn't he? And he was being used more as a prop and on occasions and then on an edge, and he was getting benched. And I think to start the year, he scored a lot of tries. Um, and obviously, I'm not knocking that because David Fafita was the same. It, it's a part of their game. And obviously, if he's a strike player, then that's the way that you have to look at him, so much like Angus Crichton at, at the Roosters even. Uh, but Papali'i, it was a real breakout year for him. Can he sustain it? We don't know. We haven't seen it year on year for... Papali'i, anyway, so, and again, he's off to the, the Tigers, he's already inked that deal, so maybe there's not that need for him to race out of the blocks and show us what he can do, because he's already settled his future. Yeah, I think that's a big one, definitely, the fact that he's leaving, and also, there's not the value there this year, last year he was a massive price rise, but he's already expensive this year, and like you said, we don't have that reliability factor with him that we know he'll do it again so yeah. i've gone around him for now um looking at some pods i think reed marnie nine percent owned i thought it might be higher i know there's a lot of good hookers so a lot of a few really good hookers he's probably one of them yeah absolutely uh, i'll back you up there reed marnie nine percent owned given the fact that harry grants out that first week that may tempt people to get on him closer to team list and once we sort of weigh everything up uh, but otherwise, I mean, he was a real... I mentioned the real focal point in their attack last year. So many times he was throwing over, uh, be it Papali'i or Paulo, Madison maybe even for, for tries. Um, there's definitely going to be a need for someone to step up this year and help Moses and Gutherson. Is it Marnie or is it Brown? It could be Marnie. And if he does, if he takes his attacking output to even greater levels and suddenly he's in the conversation right alongside Harry Grant as the Premier hawker option i think yeah exactly right he's already got such good average uh to begin with if you could combine that with some more attacking play he's looking great i thought ryan madison wasn't a bad option although he's quite expensively priced um a little bit more cheap than the the big gun to rfs but looking back to 2020 average 75 dropped a little bit last year but you never know you could see a little bit of return maybe to form for him yeah, I think he's playing for a contract as well, isn't he, Ryan Madison? So we might see him do this year what we saw Papali'i do last year. Gutho, 2%. Again, we speak of fullbacks. He's probably not in the conversation, but maybe he's underrated as an asset in this team because he is essentially a second 5-8 for them, if not you know, the, the second playmaker, essentially, because he does. How many times have we seen Gutho throw Sivo over for a try, particularly down that left side? Yeah, I think he's very underrated and he's, he's very involved in their play. So I think he averaged nearly 75 last year. Obviously, the fullback slot is rich with talent, so it's hard to get him in your teams. But I think for drafts, he's a good one to get pretty early. Yeah, and maybe not as early. You don't have to reach for him, you know, like you would maybe a Paps, Teddy, Trell, Turbo, obviously, in that first round. You might get Gutho round two, maybe even round three depending on your league. Uh, burning questions for the Eels, Tommy. You've got them here. Does standing still equals going backwards? You sort of said there that nothing's really changed from the past two years. If anything, maybe you take you take out Sivo and you take out uh, Blake Ferguson. There's probably more questions than answers with the Eels. How do they fix that? Because those two have been so good for them at different stages. 
Yeah, and I think what you said before that now their wingers are going to be quite small players. I think they may have a bit of trouble getting out of their own end because Sivo was already always really good for getting them uh, starting their sets and also just good energy around the team and the fans loved him. So I think he's a big loss. Dylan Brown needs to stand up and their forwards are really good, but I just don't know if they really have the back line to be competitive with some of the other attacking teams. So I've got them sliding down a fair bit this season, down to eighth. Yeah, I've got them in fifth, and I think defensively they're still one of the best teams. And I think we spoke of, uh, you know, with, with teams like the Knights, they're not scoring points, they're not stopping them either. I think Eels, while their attack might not have been brilliant last year, defensively you know that they're going to be pretty sound. I've seen some chatter around going in, in the past couple of days about maybe people starting with Mitch Moses over Nathan Cleary uh, at the halfback slot in Classic. Now, I find that a little bit strange. People have said that they've got a softer run to start the year. I've just looked at their first month. I don't think it is that soft. Uh, Titans round one at Parramatta. Okay, maybe that's a, a good fixture. Sharks away, back at Cronulla. I don't think that's an easy fixture. Improved Sharks team. We'll get to those in, uh, that team in just a second. Round three away in Melbourne. So immediately, I've got them down as probably two harder games. And the Titans round one, they could surprise us as well. Yeah, Moses is not for me. Um, I don't think that's really an easy start. I don't think even the Titans game is that easy. So, yeah, I, I would be going around Moses. And if Cleary's fit, he's straight in my team. There's no questions asked there. Even if he's not, I think I'm happy to run with Blake Taft for round one. You know he's going to be there. And, I mean, I know they say it's a long season. Why push Cleary? I think they, they're going to need Cleary there. He's so influential to be there for as many weeks as possible if they are going to defend this title. Anyway, the Eels fifth for mine, uh, eighth for yours. They do have a tough run, the Eels. Uh, they play a lot of those top five teams. I think they play each of them twice, that being the Storm, the Roosters, Manly, Souths. Um, who am I missing there? Maybe that's it. Roosters? Did I say the Roosters? Um, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, maybe I said them twice. Uh, tough draw, the Eels. Have a look at it. Uh, for mine, I'm, I'm going around a lot of their Supercoach options besides Penasini, but I th- still think that they can push for a top four spot, maybe just fall short. Tommy, let's move on to the Sharks. Um, speaking of teams pushing for a top four spot, I know you've got big wraps on them this year. Let's look at this roster here. So different to what we've seen in recent years from the Sharks. Uh, they've made some big signings. Uh, the, the halves there, interestingly, they've got Nico Hines in six, Trindle in seven. This is NRL.com, of course, but we think it'll be Moylan and Hines in seven. Yeah, well, it's probably the biggest question, isn't it, going into the season for the Sharkies, and it has been for months now. Um, you've got Moylan versus Trindle for a spot in the halves with Hines. Hines strikes me as more of a natural 5'8", which would mean, I think, that you would pick a natural halfback in Trindle. But, yeah, I tend to agree. It seems like it's training towards a Moylan and a Hines uh, combination. What do you think is the best way forward? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to disagree with you. I think Trindle did a great job last year when he was playing seven. And you say there, Hines playing six. I think that opens up to be playing more like he did last year at the Storm. I know he was had the number one on his back, but he was essentially a 5'8", um, swinging either left behind Munster or right behind Hughes at different times. Probably a good place to start with Nico Hines. Whether he plays six or seven, it probably doesn't matter too much in terms of the way he'll play the game. But his super coach output, I think it may be dented at the Sharks given the fact that the Storm scored, what did they score last year? 34 points per game. The Sharks just aren't scoring that many points this year. He kicked goals for a lot of that. So say he's kicking five and a half goals per game. 
straight away. There's already 22 super coach points, which is he making them up? I, I don't think so. Yeah, the goal kicking is a big one, and you didn't really seem to strike them that well the other night in the All Stars game. I kind of liken him a little bit to, to Matt Burton. He's coming from a situation which was perfect. You know, he's fullback at the Melbourne Storm, scoring heaps of points. He's now going to a, a weaker club, although not that much weaker in the Sharks, but he's still going to have to be, you know, uh, leading the team around. He have a lot more responsibility than he did at the Storm. So I don't know, like, if he's guaranteed the scores he had last year. So I think he's a little bit of a risk this year, Nico. 13% owned. Obviously, a lot of those players going with Nico, probably thinking he's kicking goals and that clear he's not going to be there. Let's get to round one. The team was Tuesday and see how that all forms. If it's Moylan at seven even, Hines at six. I don't know. I know Moylan has never really played halfback, but you watch the way the Sharks have played in recent years, I think the last two years especially. They've really lacked the direction when he wasn't there injured. So he, he, he may be wearing six, but he is playing a lot like a seven, Matt Moylan. He's getting older, getting slower. We know he's injury-prone, Matt Moylan, so I don't know. Maybe it is a case of he goes to seven, almost like a Benji Marshall, Sean Johnson, and he just takes that lesser role, dishes to Hines, and lets Hines do the stuff. Anyway, Cam McInnes, 31% owned. He's the most popular shark. We've got big wraps on him. Is there a question mark over his minutes? Because he is a very minutes-dependent player, we think. Well, I hope there's not, because he's been generally an 80-minute player his career, whether it be in the in the second row or lock or at hooker. So, look, I'm hoping that continues because if he's an 80-minute player, he'll be getting close to 80 points, honestly, the way he scores. I've got him in my team. He's one of the first people I selected. And, yeah, I'm just hoping that that injury that he's had doesn't take anything out of him and that he's not, you know, being benched halfway through the game. Uh, obviously, they've got plenty of middles there. So if he is playing 13, maybe he shares time at nine with Blake Braley. I think of the two, if you're going to bench one, you'd bench Braley and keep McInnes out there for closer to 80 minutes than rather than going the other way. And you bring on a prop, even you know, for Fida, Royce Hunt. Talakai's played through the middle before. I think you'd rather keep Fanukin out there, McInnes for as many minutes. Sharks in the past couple of years, they've bled tries through the middle. And those two, Fanukin and McInnes, they were signed to prevent that. Yeah, they're great signings, um, experienced players and good defensive players. Like you said, McInnes is known for his defence and Finucane is as solid as a rock. So I think that was probably something they did lack in the past, you know, solid middle, and now they've got that in spades. So I really think they'll have a, a strong year this year. And they're, uh, McInnes and Hines, obviously, the two biggest names. Uh, talking of pods now for the Sharkies, and I found one a few weeks ago. We spoke about Wade Graham, only 3% owned just think he might be back to his best this year, looking to go out before retirement with a bit of a bang. Historically, he scored pretty well in Supercoach when fully fit. At uh, I think he's in the $300,000 range. If he could just do a job for you, not a bad, cheap second-row option. 350 thereabouts, so like for like with Ruben Cotter. I know Cotter's been spoken of a lot in this preseason. Graham, if he's playing 80 minutes, which he's an 80-minute player traditionally, I know injuries have crueled in the past couple of years, and his head knocks are always going to be a concern the way he defends. But if he can be out there for as many minutes as possible, he does have that attacking play in him as well, the upside, the kick, the force dropout. You're going to get that from Wade. You're not going to get that from a lot of other uh, left-edge back rowers. Speaking of the Sharks uh, and the Eels even, just uh, the team we just touched on, we mentioned the Eels' tough draw. So we ran this uh, through our extensive data analysis program. To crunch the numbers on the draw, the Sharks had the easiest draw across the course of rounds 1 to 25. The Eels had the worst draw rounds 1 to 25. 
So that just opens up the door for these Sharks players who could become assets. You mentioned Ryan Madison. Maybe we look more towards a Britain Nakora, just 2% owned, cheaper, looked really good for the All-Stars, the Maori side the other night. Could be some upside there in Nakora as opposed to going these bigger names, uh, Madison, Papali'i, even throw McInnes into that. Yeah, I think the draw, draw analysis is so important, isn't it? Because you're only as good as who you're playing against. If you're playing against a blockbuster team every week, no point having you. Uh, Brighton Nakora, pretty good last year. I think he's really good at hitting a hole. He was really good with SJ last year. So who he kind of sides with this year, I don't know. I haven't got him in my team at the moment, but I always kind of look for him in drafts. So he might be, he might end up in my draft team again. Yeah, uh, another pod. Ooh, Jesus, this what? storm is enormous. <laughs> um, Will Kennedy, 1% owned. I know the fullback slot is absolutely stacked. Kind of similar to uh, Gato in a way. He's probably not going to be in your classic team, but one for draft. Yeah, definitely. I can see Kennedy going as early as the third round, middle of the third round. Um, once sort of those bigger names are snapped up, but then you know players coming back, particularly you think later picks uh, in a 10, 12-man league, they may be looking towards a Dufty, uh, a Walsh, even a Campbell. But Kennedy, given the Sharks' strength of schedule or lack thereof, their, their perceived easiness of their fixtures, uh, can see Kennedy becoming a real super coach asset for the Sharks this year. All of that considered, Tommy, where have you got the Sharks finishing? Because... We've got we've got a little bit of a difference of opinion here. Yeah, I've actually put them up into the top four. I've got them coming fourth this year. I've been pretty keen on them all off season, so I've just stuck to my guns. And I just really like their signings in McInnes, in Hines, in Fanukin. Good experienced players, exciting players in Hines, and they were already a good team last year. They just missed a few pieces. Now I think they've got those pieces. Hopefully, Fitzgibbon can bring them all together. Oh, definitely. I haven't even mentioned the coach yet. Defensively, very, very good, Fitzgibbon. He's been the New South Wales Blues defensive coach there with uh, Freddie over the past, I think it's two or three years there. So he's been doing good things at state of origin level. Can he do it as a head coach? Uh, maybe a wait and see, but probably no better man for the job. He's been groomed and spoken of as the next big coach, really. Gets his chance here with the Sharks. I've got them finishing seventh. I think they've, they've obviously got the upside in them. I can see why you're pushing them up into fourth. I think, as we say there, the, the questions around the spine, what does that look like? And It's probably a matter of time before Moylan does get injured and Trindles has to come in. Kennedy, he has to stay fit because obviously then if he's injured, Hines goes to the back, you'd think, and then question marks are, are starting to get asked about that makeup of the spine. They obviously have depth at the hooker slot there with McInnes and Braley and all things being equal. But seventh for mine, I think they may struggle... Uh, to compete with the bigger teams, but I can see them bullying those those teams towards the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, I guess depth is a question mark in those positions you spoke of. But then again, you know, that that's the same for a lot of teams. You just need injuries to be on your side, and hopefully uh, injuries can stay relatively low for the Sharkies. They do have a few older bodies, though, so you, you probably will see the likes of Fafita and Graham missing a week here and there. For what it's worth, I've just shared again that uh, winners and losers of the fixture analysis on our Instagram handle at supercoach365 go to our story check it out it'll be there for the next 24 hours or so uh it was posted in january if you're willing to scroll back that far if you are that bothered tommy we're going to throw to a quick break other side we're going to get to some listener questions we'll wrap it all up having a bet on sport this week top this whether you're into cricket and curling or golf and greyhounds, Top Sport will let you on for plenty. And with literally hundreds of markets from your own backyard to the international stage, Top Sport has you well covered. So if you want to get the top odds every time, bet with Top Sport. 
Top that. Download the app today. Top Sport. Feel the excitement. Don't let the game play. You stay in control. Gamble responsibly. Welcome back, Supercoach 365. Ryan and Tommy with you, brought to you by topsport.com.au. You already know that, but let's go through this one more time, Tommy. We've spoken of it a couple of times already. Supercoach 365 Futures Special on your screen now. We've gone through the 16 teams now. This might make a little bit more sense as to how we're feeling about each of these teams this year. Storm top four, Roosters top six, Sharks top eight. Knights to miss the eight. $5 looks an absolute special for ours. It's already been sevens into fives. So uh, there's still time to get on. Obviously, market suspends kickoff at round one. Uh, so get on before round one. If you aren't a customer, topsport.com.au, go through the link in our bio and the guys will look after you. But, Tommy, that, that kind of just sums up our thoughts as to how these teams will, will fare this year. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, we're both really keen on the Storm and the Roosters, and we've got them, obviously, in the bet. The Knights, we're pretty much taking them on this year, especially you have them in last, and like it's hard to argue with them being bottom four. And then the Sharkies, I'm pretty keen on them top eight, and so are you. So, look, hopefully we can uh, make people some money. Hopefully. Get on. Do so responsibly. Topsport.com.au. I can say for certain, best bookies in the country. And trust me, I've tried them all out. Top Sport uh, comes <laughs> top, top of the list. Tommy, let's get into this. We'll wrap it up. Uh, our listeners' uh, questions, of course, we put it out there about the Sharks, the Eels, Broncos, and Knights, the four, time, four teams we spoke of tonight. Plus, any thoughts on trials footy? Uh, first one here, Adam Blundell. Thoughts on Kikau over Martin? Haven't spoken of uh, the Panthers tonight, but we'll get to it anyway. Thoughts on Viliami Kikau over Liam Martin? Martin obviously goes into that right edge role vacated by Kurt Capewell. We expect him to play bigger minutes, but we saw even with Capewell, his minutes were mixed last year as well. So no certainty that Martin just suddenly becomes a super coach special. No, I think the minutes is a big one because uh, I looked at Kurt Capewell a few times last year. He wasn't always playing 80, so that wasn't helpful. And if Lee Martin has the same fate, well, I don't really want to have him. As far as Kikau goes... He's really hit and miss. Some weeks he's getting 100, the next week he's getting 30. So he wasn't one of mine either, really. Yeah, no, we looked around them. Uh, two players, I think, I don't know their prices. You'd be able to tell me, Tommy, but at the prices, you could probably just either reach to one of those better options we've spoken of. Uh, even McInnes is even, he gets in at the cut price this year. Or go down to someone like a Wade Graham, a Cotter, uh, a Nanai, or you know one of these players around the $300,000, $350,000 mark that will probably just do as good as job maybe slightly less, but make you some cash anyway. Yeah, exactly right. I wouldn't be at the price, as you say. He's not really worth the money. I'd rather either, you know, go for someone who's more reliable or a cheapie, as you say. Uh, thoughts here from Risha Barakot underscore eight. Sharks halves. We've just spoken of this uh, in some detail. Moylan, Braley, Kennedy and Hines in the Sharks spine photo shoot. No Trindle. Yeah, I think it just goes to show that, that Trindle, if he is getting a spot in this team, it's probably Jersey 14, but even then it's a stretch because they probably do have enough depth in in McInnes there who can cover nine. Braley might even go to the halves. We saw Braley play a lot of his footy in uh, the under-20s days, six and seven. So at a pinch, they're probably not going to carry a Trindle on the bench when they can when they can sort of make do otherwise. Yeah, it seems to be training that Trindle's going to miss out, but he seems the only genuine seven at the club, so... Seems strange to me. Maybe he could pop up in another club this year. Who would know? I reckon he's a chance to go to the Dolphins. I think he's a Queenslander. So originally he came from Queensland and he was in the uh, Storm 
under 20 system. This is some years ago. Uh, found his way to Cronulla. He was touted as a you know great signing. I think this was in the Shane Flanagan days even. Um, came to Cronulla and obviously yet to really get his a good go at number seven. We all thought this would be the year. Maybe not the case, but uh, wait and see. He will definitely play some time, but could be one of those great signings for the Dolphins for year one. You think he's got plenty to offer. Uh, Blake's Brushworks. Blake Moore, of course, asks us uh, a couple of questions here. Uh, one of them I probably can't repeat. The second one says, best super coach player from each team again, in your opinion. Obviously, the teams we've spoken of tonight can't be same position. So no Ponga, no Kennedy. Uh, we'll get back to that one. Let's have a think. Carts 3185 says, thoughts on Nakora as a fourth 2RF? Sort of spoken of him already, but a lot of that, I mean, he, he burst onto the scene, I think it was 2019, Tommy. I was at 18 even when Johnson got to the club for the Sharks and he was this line-running, try-scoring back rower. We probably haven't seen as much of that in the past two seasons from Britton Nakora. Yeah, we saw glimpses of it last year with Johnson. I think they had a good combination together. Not really sure. Who do we think will be playing in the right for the Sharks in the halves? Will I think it's Hines. Hines. No, I think it's Hines, yeah. yeah. Okay, so we might get to see him link up with Nico Hines. So, look, he could be an option. Um, I don't have him in my team at the moment, but he's another one there that could be a good pot. I, I, I don't mind it. Yeah, I think the All-Stars and, and what he did there in wet conditions... It, it made a few people sit up and take notice of Britain Nakora, maybe just trying to play away from those more expensive 2RF options. Uh, let's get back to Blake's question here. Best super coach uh, player from each of these teams? Sharks, Eels, Broncos, Knights. Can't be same position. I'll, I'll go with first here. Sharks is probably McInnes. Um, I just think that he's got, he's got the upside there. He's safe. Although Kennedy, we speak of Kennedy, but uh, probably go with Gutherson from the Eels at fullback. So that's why I'll go McInnes. Broncos, geez, it's tough. It could be Selwyn Cobbo. If he's fullback for the first few weeks, that could be something. Otherwise, Payne Haas. I mean, it's probably a no-brainer there. And the Knights, as much as we bagged him out, we start with Caleb Blong. I'm going to finish with him. I still think he's their best super coach asset. But will he be this year? I don't know. It could be Jake Clifford if he's kicking goals as well. Haven't you broken the rules? You got Gatho and Ponga. Oh, fuck me. All right. Uh, give me Mitchell Moses <laughs> in. I don't know. I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> We've been going for too long. An hour, it's too long. There's too many fullbacks in this game. Um, I'll go with Ponga because I don't think there's any other good Newcastle player really this year. Uh, yeah. Payne Haas for Brisbane. Yeah. I'll go left field Ryan Madison for the Eels okay. and uh, McInnes at hooker for the Sharkies. All right. So we're agreeing on a lot of things there. Uh, we have done already. Tommy, that wraps us up. Uh, we've got through all the 16 teams ahead of trial 40, really getting underway this weekend. And we're looking forward to it. Eight games, Fox League, they'll have us covered. We can't wait to just sit back and watch some footy. Hey, I don't care that it's trolls. I'm going to treat it like it's round one. I'm just going to sit there and enjoy it. So, yeah, can't wait. Supercoach 365 will have all the analysis from this weekend's trials. Stay tuned for that. Right across podcasts, socials. Get us on YouTube as well. Search Supercoach 365. Subscribe, like, thumbs up, notifications on, all of that. Ryan and Tommy, we'll speak to you soon. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.